0: You know, we've been in a series here called Speak Life. Someone say, speak life. You know, we need to speak life because there's a lot of people speaking death around us. Come on. I said we need to speak life because there's a lot of people speaking death around us. Our words are powerful. We've been opening up this conversation about the reality of the power of our words. How many of you know that Jesus said that life and death are in the power of the tongue? What does this mean? Your tongue is always powerful. You get to choose what's happening when you let that thing go. Come on. (laughs) You're fully powerful all the time with your tongue fully powerful. You get to choose what happens, what comes out of your mouth. And there's only two options. And what are the options? It is life or death. What are the options? It's life or death. We get to choose. Come on, look at you and say, you get to choose. Tell him. You get to choose. You're fully empowered to choose. How many know that God does not have a hand in the back of your head and his fingers in your lips making your gums bump? I mean, he's not not a puppeteer. You get to choose. God made you so powerful that you could choose to do something that would be opposite of him. And he trusts his love being greater than your own ability to manage yourself. Come on, somebody. Someone say that's good news. God was not intimidated to make you powerful and at the same time believe that His love would bring you to a place to want to choose Him. I mean, this is remarkable trust. This is unparalleled trust. It's amazing how God set Himself up to be taken advantage of. I love that. You know, when you begin to speak life, you know, life comes from something. There's there's a source that it comes from. And, you know, we're doing this conference called One Voice. And and we really believe that when you know the voice of God, you discover your purpose, or you discover your identity, and then you walk out your purpose. I said, when you hear the voice of God, you discover your identity, and then you walk out your purpose. You can't speak life unless your heart and your spirit is connected to life. Can I get a big amen? Amen. And so when we begin to hear the voice of God, even as the team was prophesying and and declaring over these people in Detroit, when you begin to hear, you then exercise faith that then is able to bring people into other experiences, life-giving experiences. And so when you are not connected with the Father, when you're not hearing the Father, you don't have faith to speak life over dead things. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so if if we're going to speak life, how many know that you need a little bit of faith to look at something that's dead and speak life? You know, some of us have been like, oh, well, I can be real positive about the things that I really do believe are going to happen. But what what about this dead thing over here? What about that bankruptcy a few years ago? few decades ago, whenever it was. Right? I mean, what, what, what about that, that place of fear in our lives? We're singing, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. But do we believe that? Like, do we, do we actually believe that G- Christ in us gives us a, a connection that allows us to speak to darkness and say, hey, I see those knees knocking? Because love is in the room. You know, I've had the opportunity to pray for people who, who've passed away. You know, people, they, they wanted, they, one specific situation, this woman looked me in the face and she said, Drew, if I die, you better be at my side, resurrecting me. That's what she said. And she says, don't let anybody stop you. I'm like, Okay. had another man run. And a crowd of 20,000 people were in a crusade in another country and I saw a man, I was on the platform and the big, huge, you know, the halogen, big, huge lights are in there and across this field and a man runs with his two-year-old daughter who had just passed away longing for someone who would have faith to speak life over his little girl. I'm on a stage with 30 missionaries and and. And I see a pause happening here. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's about to happen. But I'm willing to speak life. And I jump up and two others jump up with me. And we begin to pray over this child. And she didn't resurrect. But I tell you what. when, When you... Confront death in the face. You got to have some faith that says, I believe that God is who He says He is and that my words are powerful. So, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> you only need to speak life over dead things. Come on, somebody. If something's fully dead, it's fully ready to come to life. Can I get a big amen? And so we got to begin to like awaken something inside of us and realize we can talk about the principal part of this. And we will, you know, every day we need to speak life every day. But some of you have some dead things in your lives right now and they're not supposed to be dead. Come on. And we got to stir ourselves and say, Lord, is it time to speak to these dry bones that they should live? We only got a little bit of time. Lord, where are we going? What are we doing today? I got a lot of notes. There is so much power in our declaration. Come on. Have you ever been around, you know, negative Nancy? You guys know who negative Nancy is, you know? Uh, you know, and and, and, uh, and, and so there, there's not really a, a popular end name for a guy. Negative Neil, There you go. My last name. Ha <laughs> ha. So I mean, like, have, have you ever been around that person where you're just like you're with them and it's just such a drain? Like something gets just sucked out of you and it's like, I don't know. I can't be around this person. What is it? And then you realize that all they do is complain. All they do is process, they verbal process anxiety or like negative outcomes in their life. And this doesn't work and this doesn't work. And it's like we can't, like you can't stay around these people and feel good about yourself, right? And uh, or about your own circumstances. Why is that? That's because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. That's why when you get around someone who's encouraging all the time, you're just like, hey, I want to hang out with you. You know, hey, did you, did you know that you're wonderful? No, I've never heard that in my life. The world's starving for encouragement. The church is starving for encouragement. Come on, somebody. I go to these places that don't really have an empowerment culture and hearing the voice of God and I show up and start encouraging. And I mean it's just like you just say, hey, did did you know that that, that the Lord is just, he's approved, he affirms you, he's happy with you, and it's like, you know? And it's like, you just breaks your heart because they're literally starving. Their spirit is so dry. And with every drip, they just like hang on to every word. Like the world's starving to be built with life with words. And I have great news, church. You get to be the releaser, the declarer of life in your words everywhere you go. You get to be that drink everywhere you go. You get to bring that that drop. You know, you get to speak to those dry bones. And it's amazing. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 through 6. We've been reading this part of our Salt and Light series now with Speak Life. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open us a door for the word to declare. Someone say declare. The mystery of Christ, on account of which I'm a person, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Come on, pray for us that I may declare the mystery, declare the unknown, declare by faith. Someone say by faith. That's how you do that. And then make it clear as how I'm supposed to speak. Verse 5, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of your time. Verse 6, here it is. Let your speech always be gracious. Seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should speak to each person. We need some salty words around here. We need some salty words at your job. We need some salty words with your family. We need some salty words, come on, with that person you have confrontation with. Come on, somebody. We need to just, just I mean, just pour some salt on your words. Come on, ah, uh, you know. I mean, we, like, we need some salt on our words to season them so that we would know how to speak. And so life and death are in the power of the tongue. There's something powerful that Jesus tells us in Matthew 15 about this. This is actually a misconception that much of Christianity has been shackled in fear over. And it's one of the ways that we disengage from the world. And, uh, you know, uh, I I grew up and and we did um, did these skits. You remember when church had skits in it all the time? You know, maybe the youth group would do them or whatever, and, and I love performing arts. It's great, you know. Um, I might have been a thespian, an okay thespian. I, I wasn't, but maybe, maybe I was a church thespian. I guess I was. I did all the skits at church. Anyways, we did this skit, and it started out with like this, you know, this evangelism thing. And one of the lines always st- stood out to me. It was like, did you know you're sitting in sin, you know? And uh, you guys remember that statement, you're sitting in sin, you know? That's like an old gospel statement, you know. And people are just like sitting around walling. They're sitting in sin. They're they're not changing their behavior and this whole thing. And, uh, And so we were just very sin conscious. And so, but you know, Matthew chapter 15 says something here. And it says, it is not what goes into a man that defiles him, but it is what comes out of his mouth that defiles him. Matthew 15, 13. It is not what goes into a man that defiles him, it is, or goes in, it's what comes out of his mouth that defiles him. You see, some of us are so concerned about what's going on around us, that we forget that it's actually not what comes in, it's what comes out of me that actually does the defiling. So you know, we're, we're sometimes we can be scared of the world. How does this play out? Well, I can't go be around the world because they might say something and then I'll get tarnished. Or I can't go. I can't go to this place with this. You know, with these friends because you know they're in an atmosphere that I wouldn't typically be in, and I might get. You know, it might get. I might get some on me. They're sitting in sin. I might get some on my jeans. And so we, we've created this this weird fear that. When we get around things, that that's how things get on us, that things jump on us. But how many know that I have a choice about what comes out of me, and that's the most powerful thing that we need to be concerned about? Come on, somebody. You know, why do they call a, a drunkard a fool? Have you ever thought about this? What, you know, the, the church has interesting takes on alcohol, and there's like all differing views. And, uh, but, you know, I, I really believe that one of the most significant things about someone who's intoxicated is that all of their inhibition goes away, right? Right? And so is it wrong for inhibition to go away? It's, it's interesting. We here at Gen 1, we believe that faith is spelled what? R-I-S-K, risk, right? We, we love We love around here for inhibition to go away. We love it. We we, we think it's great. Let go of your inhibitions. Let go of your self-awareness. Trust God. Take a risk. Go do something you wouldn't normally do. Jump over the chicken line. And then we love the parts and acts when people get drunk in the Holy Spirit. And we're like, just get drunk in the Lord. Get filled up with the Spirit. And then go take some risk and leak over everybody. Like, we love this stuff. We love the idea of inhibition coming down. We love this concept. So, so why is this a challenge for the drunkard? You see, because most of the time the person who is pursuing a state of being drunk, when their inhibitions come, you're going to see all the mess in their life. Not inhibitions come down and, hey, did you know God loves you? Mess comes down and now I get angry. You know, or the, the walls, the inhibition comes down and now, you know, I betray covenants. You know, the walls come down and now I make all these decisions. And so, you know, the, 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 the principles here about the drunkard are not so much about the inhibition coming down. It's actually in that place you're really subject to, to like, not represent yourself very correctly. Or steward the places of your heart because people who stay drunk are people who are usually quite unhealthy like what if what if those principles on alcohol are actually about god preserving you what if it's his mercy to say hey i don't want you to look like a fool and what if it's less about what's inside of that bottle we get distracted don't we can we, can we think higher about some of this stuff? You know, it's like behavior management. We want to control the behavior because we think that's going to change people. How many know the only way you get change is have an encounter with God? I have an encounter with His love, and that changes your behavior. Change how you think, it'll change the outcomes that happen there. And so, hey, Paul, Jesus said it. It's not what goes in you. It's what comes out of you that defiles you. It's what comes out of you that defiles you. So the big question is, what's coming out of us? What words are coming out of me? What attitudes are coming out of me? Because it's either life or it's death. It's one of the two. And I get to choose. I get to manage me and make a choice about what that actually looks like. In Colossians chapter 2. And we read this last week, two and three. It says, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach the riches of full assurance. Someone say, the riches of full assurance, of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures. Someone say, all the treasures. Of wisdom and knowledge. In the first two weeks of Speak Life, we talked about words of wisdom and then words of knowledge. Someone say, word. So we talked about the power of life that's in that word of wisdom. What is that word of wisdom? It's supernatural how. Word of wisdom is strategies from God where you hear God's voice and he tells you how to do things that you normally wouldn't know how to do. It's a spiritual gift, not a natural gift, right? Right? If it's a natural gift, it's you tried and you learned through trial and error. If it's a spiritual gift, that means I get to hear God through His Spirit, by His Spirit, and a word of wisdom, supernatural how it happens for me and now I know how to do something, it's a download and I got it. Someone say good news. So we shared a bunch of testimonies about how that's happening and playing out and, and then in the second week we talked about words of knowledge. Words of knowledge are supernatural facts. So words of wisdom are supernatural how, strategies. Words of knowledge are supernatural facts. It's when God shares something with me towards somebody else that is currently true. And then when we share that, it builds faith. How did you know this about me? Are you guys psychics? How did you, like, where did, who told you this? What this does is it creates an openness in the spirit that then we can speak beyond their mind to their spirit. Come on, somebody. How many of the, So anyways, so it creates that encounter. so So all these wisdom and knowledge is needed for the full assurance, for the riches of full assurance. There's something powerful about being confident about what's about to happen. The riches of full assurance. Say that with me. The riches of full assurance. This is Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. It says that when we're encouraged and knit together in love, that we're able to reach this full assurance. And so today I want to talk about the power of your words when it comes to declaration. You see, because declaration starts to build, it's encouragement to build some assurance. You know, some people are like, how do you know this? How do you, like, Drew, how, like, how, how do you know, Drew? Like, why do you believe that? You know, my my wife is an amazing interior designer. She's back there with that little five-month cow. He's amazing. Callum Andrew Neal. C-A-N is his initials. Cal, yes, you can. That's what we like to talk about him. Uh Uh-huh. Cal's going to do a lot of good things. And so anyways, Melissa has this ability to believe things. And the things that she believes when she's with someone she's consulting in design is she believes she knows what color is best. She also believes what size of table you're going to need. She believes that she knows what the arrangement in your house should be. Like, she just believes this. And one of her gifts is to help people make decisions. And, and, so, and, and they lend off of the strength of Melissa's belief system because she's so confident in it. And it's like, well, how does she know that? You know, some of you guys invest your money, and you do it, and and it works. And like people are like, how did you know? And it's like, I just believed this to be true. And then you took risk upon it. And, you know, when, when there's something so significant about having conviction about your future or your preferences or what's about to happen, and when you speak life, people can partner with that. Matthew chapter 4, we sang the song earlier, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Your name is a light, you know, that the, the shadows can't deny. And it goes, oh, actually, uh, in the verse, it talks about Jesus calming the sea. I had this in my notes, it's so good. In Matthew 4, I won't read everything um, here, but basically there are three consecutive, or there's two parables and then the story of Jesus calming the storm. And the first parable is the parable of the seed growing. This is Mark chapter 4, 26 through 41. And it talks about um, the fact that in in the seed is the capacity when it goes in the ground for something to grow. I want you to think about your words as a seed. And your words were meant to grow. They're meant to grow things. They're meant to produce fruit. Your words produce fruit. How many know that when you plant a seed, when you plant corn in the ground, it bears corn? When you plant beans in the ground, it produces beans, right? Whatever is in the seed, that's what's about to grow. Whatever your words are is what's about to happen. So some of us are in situations and, uh, and, and, and there's been an outside influence that comes in and impacts our situation. And then some of us are in situations and we need to do some inventory and find out who created that situation. Things are going to go very good at my job. And, you know, jobs just don't work out very well for me. I just, every two years, I just, you know, they, I'm like coming into 18 months. I guess in six months, I should get ready to look for a new job. And, right? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so, what's true is that our words are seeds. Someone say, Our words are seeds. Seeds are designed to grow. When you speak words, you are planting them into soil. It's the soil of the atmosphere. And so when you're planting those words, something is going to grow from those words. You know, I talk often about this principle that words are designed to be inhabited so God inhabits the praises of his people, the Bible says. He inhabits the praises of his people. These are words that talk about what God has done. Praise what God has done. Worship is, is the declaration of who God is, all right? And so what he's done, we testify, that's praise, worship, who God is. And so the Bible says that God inhabits the praises, like praise is powerful. The testimony, the story of what God has done, God inhabits those words, are there any words that God doesn't inhabit? Well the Bible's not, you know, very articulate about that, but if praise is what the Lord has done, how many there are some words to talk about what someone else has done? Well, the devil this and the devil that and I don't know and and uh, you know, and 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 then, you know, the 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 stepsister of the devil did it, is, you know, well, anxiety and fear are going to do it, and, and things just, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and how many know that, you know, if words are inhabitable in the spirit realm, if God inhabits praises, who's inhabiting your anxiety and fear words? There's only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. We get to choose which kingdom we interact with. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life words get inhabited. Life words get come alive. Life words create new realities. But I tell you what, complaining words, anxiety words, fear words, the devil did it words, devil consciousness words, they're also, and I would like to propose that they are also inhabited and they're growing something in our lives. Come on, somebody. Someone say my praise is a weapon. Why is it a weapon? Because God's alive and He's inhabiting those words. You can't praise and something good not happen. It's powerful. Jesus goes on in Mark chapter 4, verse 30, and He talks about the parable of the mustard seed. So, first, the parable of the seed growing. Someone say, words grow. And then he goes on to the parable of the mustard seed. And I would like to propose to you that it's not about how many words you say, but simply the faith behind the words. This is not name it, claim it, but he goes on to the parable of the mustard seed. The mustard seed itty-bitty-bitty-bitty-bitty little baby seed. How many know that it doesn't matter how many words you say? It's about what your heart position, where it's at when you say what you say. You know, another, another higher level thinking about sin-related things, you know, cussing and swearing. It's like, you know, words. Words are just words. They're combinations of consonants and vowels, and, and we put them together. How many guys know that the power behind those, any word, whether life or death, is not the exact word. It's the heart position from where we're saying it. That's where the power is. That's where the power is. Right? I mean, let's have a good bedside manner here, right? But the, the exercise of the life and death in my words is not whether I said "dang it" or the other one or "freak" or the other one or you guys don't like that one either or you know what well, well, you know what it's not about that thing. It is about that thing. But what's bigger deal is your heart. It's your heart. God's looking for your heart. He just wants to be connected to your heart. He just wants you to know that life and death are in the power of your tongue. That you're able to create life when you speak life. He's looking for your heart. It's not about how many words you use to create life. It's that do you want to create life with your words? Like, do you actually accept responsibility for this gift that God's given you to co create with Him and to create the world around you? God spoke in light. He spoke, and there was atmosphere. He spoke, and there was the earth. He spoke, He spoke, He spoke. And they invited us in and he said, hey Adam, hey Eve, why don't you guys speak over the animals? And then they begin to partner with the Lord and co-create with him and give identity and clarity to every walking beast, every fowl of the air, every fish of the sea, and they named them all. How many know that it's in the design of creation for us as humans in the nature, in the image of God to co-create with him? When we speak, we create identity for people. When we speak, if we believe that we are. If not, we're creating something else. Someone's inhabiting our words. We get to choose who. It goes on And Matthew 4. says that Jesus calms the storm. How many, how many are so thankful that Jesus didn't talk about the gospel. He demonstrated the gospel. It was always show and tell, wasn't it? I mean, Jesus wasn't a boring guy. He was always saying, hey, there's something powerful in the seed. And oh, by the way, it's actually about your heart. It's not about the ritual. It's not about the practice. It's not about how long you pray. It's did you put that seed in the ground. And then Jesus is like, hey, let me just demonstrate this. Peace be still. How many of you that wasn't a very good charismatic prayer? It wasn't an old King James. He didn't squint his eyes and look constipated. He didn't lay hands on the wind and shake it all around for a while. He didn't speak it at tongues at it and delete every curse. He just said, peace be still. He had a seed. And he had faith, and he impregnated the atmosphere with his words, and life started to grow. Come on, somebody. This is what we're invited into. Jesus didn't come to, like, take care of all of our problems. Jesus came to demonstrate what our life on earth is supposed to look like. Jesus didn't come to give you a bottle. He came to teach you how to farm. Come on, somebody. How many are thankful for that? I mean, I love the days when the bottle's built in. You know, that's, that's, that's a good day. But how many know at some point you got to get off the milk and you got to have the meat, which is the application? Hebrews 5, right? It says that the meat of the word is the exercising of your senses. It's not how deep the revelation is. That's still milk. If you're listening, it's milk. If you're doing, it's meat. So we get to choose like our, our declarations. And so there's just something amazing about beginning to partner with that. And so um, what I want us to do, we have a couple declarations um, that I want us to run through. we got them on the screens here. And Jeff, we're going to go through these. Why don't you guys just stand with me right now? All right, what I want to do, these, these are declarations for your morning, all right? And you're going to have all these available to you, okay? So don't feel like uh, those are taking pictures, go ahead. But I'm going to give all of these to you. I'm going to give you 115 declarations here in a minute. Someone say good news. All right, so how, how, how many want to have a great day? How many want to begin to speak life into their day? All right, what I want you to do right now is I want you to, I want you to visualize the seed, all right, I want you to visualize a seed, and this is a seed of your day and what's about to happen in your day. And we're about, by faith, to release the goodness of God into the atmosphere for our circumstances. And so I want us to repeat these all together. Come on. we Don't don't say the scripture reference, all right? We're going to try to be efficient here and because uh, we're running out of time. All right, let's declare this together. This will be a great day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on. I am a person of great hope and optimism. In every situation I face today, I will be confident and know what I am am to do. Come on. Because I believe there is a solution for every difficulty, I will see solutions manifest in incredible ways, even in the most difficult situations. Come on. Let's do a few more. My past prayers are powerfully working today. Think about that. Think about that. Once again, my past prayers are powerfully working today. My thanksgiving concerning these petitions is key for me to live worry-free and in peace today. Come on. Because I have vision for my future, I realize today is a day of training for my prophetic destiny. Everything I face is an opportunity to build spiritual muscles for my increasingly influential days ahead. Come on, two more. My soul will prosper today. My response to what happens today will be more important than what happens. Woo! Let's do that one again. My soul will prosper today. My response to what happens today will be more important than what happens. I am significant, and what I will do today will be significant for kingdom advancement. Let's give the Lord a praise. He's so good. Have a seat. All right, I want everyone to get out your phones. we got five more minutes here. I want everyone to get out your phones and go to generation1.org. Go to generation1.org right now. Grab your phones. If you don't have a phone with you or a device, just lean over the shoulder of someone else. I need you guys to look at something. Jeff's on the screen. You're going to go to generation1.org and under resources. There's a resources button. You're going to see shop and then daily declarations, all right? If you shop, you'll find a bunch of resources later. That will encourage the heck out of you. Under that, though, are daily declarations. There is 115 declarations that are right here. These are from Steve Backland, a dear friend of our house. Him and his team wrote these declarations. Every single one of them has scripture attached to it, Okay. These are straight from the Word of God. Some of them are paraphrases. Some of them are direct. These are 115 declarations. The ones we just did are the first 10. So if you want to start your day out, do it right, you can go to the first 10 and you'll find everything we just declared for our day is right there. What I want you to do, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two minutes. I want you to read these declarations. Skim these declarations. There's a declaration in here for you. I want you to find the declaration, the life-giving word that you know is for you and your circumstance right now. Find it. Go for it. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for just the invitation you're bringing us into right now. Lord, to realize that through the power of your word is the opportunity to create life around us. Father, I thank you for the breakthrough that's on these declarations right now in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Has anyone found one? You're like, oh yeah, that's a good one. Anyone find something? Raise your hand at me. All right? Hey, if you have one, would you just stand up and declare that over your life right now? There's, I believe there's breakthrough in the room right now for us to alter the realities of our life, to co-create with God, to begin to speak life into our circumstances. And we got one right here. Go ahead, brother. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Someone else. Someone else. What do you got? Come on, Liz. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. What else? What else? Come on, Kathy. Today I will be supernaturally propelled by God's grace to walk in personal victory, prosper in my relationships, and impact the world mightily for Him. Thank you, Jesus. I love it. Come on, brother. I walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in all respects. I bear fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That Come was on. mine, too. That was yours, too. Yeah. Husband and wife finding the same. Declare it, though. The breakthrough's for you. Come on, go. I walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in all respects. I bear fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge Come of God. Come on. So good. What else? What else? Come on, get the breakthrough. This is for you, not for us. I am my father's daughter. I am always with him, and all that he has is mine. Come on. It's so good. It's so good. Come on, Liz. I'm coming to you. Come on, declare it. God loads me daily with benefits. He is my sozo, my salvation. (laughs) Come on. Thank you, Lord. Who else? Who else? Come on. There's some breakthrough here. Come on. All right, Valerie, go ahead. I am being strengthened with all power according to his might. I have great endurance and patience. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I love it. I love it. Who else? Come on, girl. Jesus Christ is generous in grace. Though he was rich, yet He, for my sake he became poor so that by his poverty he could make me rich. Come on. Thank you, Lord. All right. What's next? I am God's servant, and he takes pleasure in my prosperity. Come on. <laughs> Amen. I felt the Lord on that. Stand up. I receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. I reign in through Jesus Christ. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Come on, D. I lend to many nations, but I will not borrow. Woo! Pass some juju on that. Come on. God blesses me, and his favor surrounds me like a shield. Come on. I love it. so good, so good. Come on. Prosper in all things. I remain in health just as my soul prospers. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, Will. Don't need a mic. <laughs> I honor the Lord with my wealth and the first fruits of all my produce. Then my barns will be filled with plenty. My vats will overflow with new wine. Come on. Amen. Multiplication. I love it. Come on. Uh, the Lord commands his blessings on my storehouses. And all that I set my hand to do. And he blesses me and my house (laughs) and the land that uh, he is giving me. So good. So good. I'll take it just a couple more. Anybody else want to declare? Come on. We'll do this. I got keys jangling around here. Come on. I am being strengthened with all power according to his might. I have great endurance and patience. Praise God. I love it. I love it. Come on. All right, Kathy, close us out. I am confident of this very thing that the good work that Jesus began in me, he will bring to completion. Praise God. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of applause. The Lord is good. He's good. He's good. Come on, let's just stand up right now. Come on, let's just release gratitude off of our lips. Come on, release life right now. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we get to speak life, speak life, speak life. Lord, you've invited us, Lord, to create a new reality with you. Father, and it is a reality of life and not death. Lord, we declare life around us life in our circumstances, life in our bodies, life in our finances, life in our marriage, Father, life in our relationships with our kids. Lord, life, life, life. We we believe that life and death are in the power of my tongue. And so I release, Father, life into the atmosphere in Jesus mighty name. Father, we thank you for this ability to partner with you. Lord, we accept responsibility. Lord, for this gift you've given over us, to speak life in Jesus' mighty name. Someone say amen. Give the Lord one more praise. He's so good.